How much figuring out do you need to do before you get started? How much do you need to know before you can make your first move? Well, our guest today, he just demonstrates to us how he started and then kept figuring it out, kept shifting, kept making moves. And I hope it inspires you today that if you're sitting, waiting, wondering, doubting, that you can make a start and you can keep on improving and getting better. I want you to hear this episode. Let's go. Welcome to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast. And you get a chance to interact with them. To me, that's full-time ministry. I'm really happy because talk to that Jesus is like it brings in itself and then it opens I want to provide content and things that help change lives. And I simultaneously want to, to receive a blessing from that. Now here's your host, Kamon Hunt. Welcome back. We have another exciting episode of the Monetize Your Ministry podcast. I'm glad you're watching this. I'm glad you're listening to this. I'm so glad that you are interested in discovering what's your ministry, how you serve others best. You are interested in how to develop that as a business. And then you also want to know how to deploy that thing, how to get it out into the world so you can increase your income and your impact. Listen, if you have not done so already, make sure you go to YouTube. Look, monetize, look up Monetize Your Ministry podcast and subscribe because you, you don't want to miss any of these episodes, right? You don't want to miss anything. And if you're a podcast listener, find us on any podcasting platform. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to us there as well. Listen, I've been just so excited about this conversation that we're going to have today. This gentleman right here has been a blessing to me and to my family. Um, when my kids met him, they looked at him as a celebrity, right? And so we want to bring him up today and introduce to some and present to others, Robert Kennedy III, RK3. That's him. Welcome to the podcast, Robert. Hey, man. So glad to be here. So glad to see what you're up to, what you're doing. And I'm, man, so proud of the growth of your business and all the things that I see you putting together, man, from starting from scratch from being in ministry in the pulpit and making yeah. that shift dude that's that's huge and I'm and I'm proud of the journey that you're on and and for your commitment to the journey and how thank you're blessing you. others through this man thank you man thank you and just know that you are a huge part of this um I remember there was a summer some years ago that my kids mm -hmm. were at home and uh, any parent who had kid who has kids that they're home in the summer they're not at camp or anything you know, they do a lot of consuming. They're consuming, you know, just videos online and television and all that stuff. And my wife yeah. and I had this thought, what about making them uh, like people who are creating something? And you had a course on blogging and yeah. you made that thing available to us. And I had my kids take the course. I took the course and all of us started blogs because of that. And so I thank you for that. And then You've just given so much. You had a, a program helping people um, to develop themselves as storytellers and speakers, yeah. and I was a part of that. And so I feel I feel like I'm a recipient and um, I'm someone who's been blessed by your ministry. And I just wanted to bring you on here to thank you as well for what you've done for me and for so many others by just blazing a trail, helping us to get out there um, and to begin putting our messages out into the world. Oh, man, you're very welcome. I'm blessed to do that. Thank you. 
Awesome. Well, some people may not know you, right? You're a celebrity to my children because when they met you, like, that's the guy who helped us with our blog. But for others, right, who is Robert Kennedy III? Wow, that's a big question. Yes, I'll just state it in this way. I'll approach it from what I do in the business realm. And in the business realm, I work with individuals, real estate professionals, more specifically, teaching them how to speak and communicate with confidence and utilize storytelling as a tool that helps them to connect more effectively with their prospects and their customers. So it, that's dude. that's the business side of things. Uh, my business, my company is Kinetic Communications. And outside of that, man, I am a dad of three. I've got a daughter who's a junior in college and that's a boy... Right that is a senior in high school and another one that's a sophomore. Uh, and I am a husband of one. Mm, that's all I can handle. Uh, <laughs> and we've been married. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. So we've been married this year, this August made 23 years for us, man. Wow. So uh, man, yeah. you, you're a few months ahead of me. So yeah. Interesting. Like my wife and I, our anniversary is November. Uh, so yeah. a few, and we're hitting 23 years. And I also have a college junior. I remember we were both at the same college dropping off our yeah. kids for the first time. And yep. um, I'm not going to tell everyone that you cried. Um, but <laughs> you know, I did. I know. No, I did. No, right. no, my wife cried a little bit. We were good. She was good until they had that ceremony oh, yeah. where they Ooh. like, they, yeah. they, they, the parting ceremony, they call it. <laughs> my um, son was like, they are trying to make us cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Robert, um, there's so many things I know about you and others may know about you, but what's something people who may know you may yeah. not know about you? Man. Okay. Um, I think I try to be an open book for the most part. So, you know, people that know me know that I'm a PK. I'm a pastor's kid. I've grown up in church pretty much. People that have known me for a long time know also that I'm a musician or I've been in the music space, in the music industry. Um, I played several instruments, written music, produced an album, uh, used to do some stuff in the gospel music space where I got to hang out and interview a lot of the top gospel music artists at the time. And so that was one of my first businesses. But that's that's the great stuff. What What's something crazy that people don't know? Okay. Most people don't know that I was involved in, in a police car chase one time. Uh, were you, were you, <laughs> hold on. Were you chasing the police? Like, that's what oh, I want no. <laughs> no, no, no. I was, it was, no, no. no, no, it was the other direction. It was the other direction. I was, uh, I wasn't, I, I had, I had a brain glitch hmm. moment and I was probably like 20, 21. You know, you're at those ages, you think you're invincible. And so, um, the grace of God allowed yeah. me to get away wow. that time. Uh, well, no, not that time. I didn't do that again. I didn't do it okay. again, but uh, yeah. Um, Listen, the, let's hope the police are watching this episode. Man, like, where's that? The statute the of limitations has expired, my friend. <laughs> like, yo, here, let's come get this dude, man. <laughs> He's admitting to it right here on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I, I wasn't. I didn't rob anything. I was just uh, overtaking someone and noticed a police on my left side as I was overtaking, I was going too fast. It was a one lane road and I shouldn't have been overtaking at that point. Mm. That point. And I was close to work. I was working overnight shift and I was close to work. And um, I don't know, something glitched in my brain. I decided I wasn't going to stop. And so, uh, 
Yeah. Well, that sounds like your your life, like all breaks, all gas, no breaks, right? So <laughs> that's that's the next book. Um. So, yeah. so Robert, you mentioned something that I want to start with. You said you're a PK, so you're a pastor's mm-hmm. kid, which yeah. uh, means church had a huge shaping on your life. You were allowed to explore your gifts. Like, what was as you as you now reflect backwards? What were mm-hmm. some of the things that you were able to take from that world? that mm. have helped to shape the work that you've done outside of that, right, in the marketplace? Wow. Uh, I would say church was where I had my first public speaking opportunity. Okay. Um, you know, I was probably about eight or so when I was asked to preach a sermon, my first sermon, as a part of Children's Day. Mm-hmm. And I've church was the first place that I got to play piano in public. And I, my parents had this singing group in New York and I was able to play for their group. I'm like 10, 11 years old playing for this adult group. And it was, yeah, it was just a place that I was able to hone a lot of gifts and skills. And I wasn't a extroverted kid. I wasn't a kid that talked a lot and was out front. I was reserved in a, in a lot of spaces. I, I did speak with friends. I had friends and I hung out with them. We laughed and we joked, but uh, the kid that was out front, that was always raising their hand and always being loud and you knew they were there, that w- that wasn't me. I was a little bit reserved. So to be on stage, to be out front doing speaking, to be on stage singing solos, to be on stage um, playing was that church gave me the opportunity to do that. And maybe I should even back up and say, not just that church gave it to me, being a pastor's kid. Um, implored it upon me <laughs> yes that was that's a very good way to put that right like you weren't you didn't volunteer sometimes you were yeah no yeah. not exactly not exactly no yeah no, no interesting but i mean the good thing is that there were some kids that may have been able to grow differently or expose differently if they had opportunities I was just gifted, and I'll say it this way, I was gifted opportunities because mm-hmm. of the position, and I'll even say it this way, because of the privilege that I had as yeah. a pastor's kid. Yeah. Did you look at it that way back then? No, no, no. I want people to leave me alone. I want. <laughs> I want why y'all choosing me? I, I wanted to hide behind the curtain. I wanted to just be regular. Yeah, mm-hmm. but... But yeah, so the good and the bad that came with it, the the good was, yeah, you got noticed, you got asked to do things, you were given opportunities to do things. The the other piece of it is, yeah, people had certain expectations, um, a lot of times unrealistic expectations, and sometimes even threatened your behavior based on who you yeah. were. Yeah, what you mean you're doing that? You're the pastor's kid. You should know better. We're going to tell your yeah. father. We're going to tell yeah. you. Yeah. 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 Oh, you know, there's so many horror stories. I've heard of that. Um, and myself, just, you know, just being honest, I wrote, yeah. I raised three PKs and I never yeah. wanted them to feel that pressure. I'm sure uh, even if we didn't um, as their yeah. parents, I'm sure it probably came from other spaces and places. Um, yeah. But, you know, just hearing your story, like there were ex- there's exposure. Right. There's the opportunities and even opportunities that where you were in places you weren't comfortable sounded mm-hmm. like they helped you to like discover something about yourself that you would yeah. not have known if you weren't put in those uncomfortable situations. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think there's even further than that being 
a PK at a church and then my dad after that moving into conference work and traveling a bit, some of the relationships that I have now, some of the spaces that I'm able to sit in now are because of relationships that were formed or just being able to navigate some of those spaces and some people that I know, oh, your parent was this or, oh yeah, y'all went to that church and you did this. And I was able to form greater networks because of being in, you know, the pastoral ministry with my family. Yeah. Now, now Robert, I, I don't know if, and if you've been asked this question. I know you mm -hmm. probably have. You're a speaker, right? And yep. you speak. So why didn't you become a pastor? <laughs> you know what? So uh, I, I get asked that regularly. And right. as a matter of fact, one time I went to, I moved from Massachusetts to the state of Maryland and I was on stage doing something. I was actually either leading a song or leading praise and worship or whatever. And so as I lead praise and worship, I'm exhorting. I'm, you know, kind of transitioning between the songs and those types of things. And several times people said to me, oh my gosh, you missed your calling. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> they said, oh, you, you should have been a pastor. I said, mm, no, I don't know. I just, I, I never felt called to pastoring. Um, so, and I, and I may need to create a caveat around that. I will say that God speaks to me regularly. And there are times where, because of how I operate at my church, there are people that call me pastor, you know, like every week there are people, be, I'm, either I'm greeting people or I'm doing something, or I want to create connection with people. I never want people to say that they came either to my church or to my space and I was around and they didn't get greeted or they weren't connected with. And so I have really taken on that as a ministry to make sure that I, you know, I connect with people and not just kind of the handshake, hey, you know, how you doing? And then I go to the next person. It's the slow down one second, say handshake, hey, how was your week? What made you smile this week? What was something challenging that happened to you this week? Tell me. Wow. You know, so you want to take some time and space with people who are there and um, who may have come for the first time or may have been there for the 15th time, but have never been noticed previously. So that's that's one of the things that I do and 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 how I operate. And maybe that's pastoral. Yeah. Um, but I've well, never felt the call of God to say, hey, you need to go to seminary and then work for a conference. Yeah. Well, you know, Robert, as you just said, I had a Eureka moment, right? And and mm -hmm. this Eureka moment might be one you've had heard before about yourself. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's like you create connections. That's what you do. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's your ministry. And yeah. people see that in the church space. And what we t traditionally do when we see someone involved in ministry in the church space is we think you need to be a pastor because ministry yeah. equal pastoring. Right. But yeah. in the work in, in us being online. Right. The first time we met was two, uh, three years ago when our kids were, you know, being dropped off. But yeah. I felt so connected to you because I've been in spaces where you've made connections. You've you've yeah. connected with me. You've connected me with others. You created a group for connection. And just even seeing how you are in sharing and speaking online, you're a connector. And I feel like God has given you that ministry of connection. I don't know if you've ever heard that, thought about that, or even just say, no, that's, that's not true. You know, I, I think I've people have said it sometime. And... Whether it's a gift or not, I think at some point it was just something that I intentionally decided to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, when I first started speaking, one of the things that I or when I first started to run my businesses, 
one of the things that happened was if you're going to grow a business, people say you've got to go to, to these networking sessions mm -hmm. and you got to go to these networking events. And, and as a, I'm not always, I don't always like labels, but I do claim the one of introvert, right? Because that it, it accurately describes my energy levels and how I operate in spaces. And as an introvert, I would absolutely hate going to these network events. I would go in to a network event, networking event because I felt like I had to, but I would find the bathroom, I'd get food, stuff it in my mouth and stay in a corner so I wouldn't have to talk to people and, you know, and then leave and feel like a jerk because I wasted like an hour <laughs> driving to this space and then stayed for 20 minutes <laughs> right? Right, right. <laughs> because that wasn't my, my thing. But I started to recognize that, you know what? It's not even about the energy. And I could go to a space where there are 100 people, but do I need to meet and know all 100 of them? Or would it be just as valuable if I made connection with one? And word. so I would go and say, you know what? I let me, let me make connection with five people tonight. And once I've made my connection with five people, that's my quota. Yeah. I'm out. I'm yeah. leaving. And I would start to talk about connection. And a lot of the things people would ask me questions about, hey, how do you handle networking as a business owner? And I would start to talk about connection. And I actually had a talk that was called, what I forgot, um, um, Smurf Your Way to a Better Connection. And I had an acronym for Smurf. Um, I forgot what it was. I have to go back to the PowerPoint. But, it, you know, so it's been there in one way or another, not necessarily as me teaching it to people, but mm -hmm. maybe as a coping mechanism for me mm -hmm. in the beginning to be able to navigate the spaces that I needed to navigate in order to create the business growth that I needed in order to support my family and to help pour into the lives of others. Yeah. Yeah. Our guest today is uh, Robert Kennedy, the third RK three. Um, and, and so Robert talk to us about you, you have like, how do we get into business? Like, where does where does that where does that story begin, man? So <laughs> I don't know exactly where it began. So I think you, like myself, have a Caribbean or West Indian background. Yes, yes. And so growing up in that space, and maybe this is even true for North American or African Americans on the mainland here. When you're growing up as a kid, there are certain careers that are acceptable. Yeah. And so, you know, there's the there's a doctor, doctor there's a, a teacher, there's a nurse, um, you know, maybe a lawyer. When I was a kid, I heard lawyers are liars. So that, I don't know if that was <laughs> acceptable. Um, but, you know, so so there were the acceptable careers. But mm -hmm. when we thought of business, it was always the people that had the, the, the little sh shop on the corner. Um, we didn't know about business being you know, in other spaces. We didn't know about service-based businesses. We didn't know about coaching. We didn't know, we didn't know about any of that stuff. Coaching yeah. maybe didn't exist in the same way Probably back not. then. Yeah. Right. But as a kid, my dad, one of the things that he would, he would do sometimes is um, in the summer when we were out of school, he'd be like, um, you boys, you, you go sell peanuts. And he would buy these cans <laughs> and um, he would tell me and my brothers to go sell peanuts to people either at the church or whatever. And he got that because when he was in college, how he paid his way through college was being a call porter. Mm -hmm. And so, so 
Yeah. So selling books. And so that call Porter ministry, he's, he was kind of like, okay, yep. There's, you've got to have that sales instinct. You you've got to be able to influence people in some way. And so he shared those things with us, but he never really said, Hey, being an entrepreneur is a thing. Hey, here are some business ideas. He just said, Hey, go sell peanuts. (laughs) All right. And so we grew up, we got jobs. I started out in the mental health industry, spent about two or three years there, and then I became a teacher. But while I was doing both of those things, I found out that I really wasn't a great employee. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because I wanted to have a say, or I wanted to have an impact. And in order to do that, in the corporate space or in the education space, you got to run things up the chain. You got to you got to wait for this committee to meet. You got to wait for the principal to approve this. You got to wait for the administration. You got to wait your time to get to those levels to have Brother. that kind of Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, I knew that even in those, when I was teaching, I wasn't going to be there long term. And while I was teaching, my wife and I had a conversation. We were in our bedroom doing that thing that married couples do in the bedroom, uh, the budget, right? And so... Yeah. <laughs> I was like, where are we going? Where are we going? Right. Yeah. So we were doing our budget and she was like, dude, you're spending too much money on money on CDs. Right. And so I remember at the time I was a musician. I, you know, had group at night. So I had to be aware of what was up. Yes, if I yes. needed all the latest CDs. Yeah. And so I'm like, I begrudgingly said, Oh my gosh, I can't get my CDs. Our budget just can't handle it. But I had to figure out how to get CDs. And so I don't remember how I figured it out at the time, but I found out that I could call or connect with the A&R representatives at record companies and call the PR companies, tell them that I want to interview their artists and they would send me free CDs. So um, I called up an A&R representative. I was like, hey, I'd like to interview your artist. And they were like, okay, cool. What's your website? And I said, give me a couple of days. Uh, The (laughs) website, we're we're doing some arrange, some updates or whatever, and then I'll call you back. We're doing some Dude, I, I love it. Didn't have a website, didn't know about websites. So I got some books and I learned HTML in two days and um, <laughs> put up a website and put on the website some reviews of CDs that I already had. And then I called them back and was like, hey, here's the website. And I started to share it with them. They were like, okay, cool. And they started sending me CDs. So I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, a friend of mine was like, hey, dude, I've got an internet radio station. What if we merged and merged our efforts? I was like, okay, cool. So we merged our efforts. Site traffic went through the roof. And we started to have these record companies and companies call and say, hey, can we put ads on your radio station? Can we put ads on your website? I said, hmm, okay. <laughs> and so they started doing these things. So then we started interviewing or getting independent artists calling us and saying, hey, can we get interviewed on your, on, your, on your show or on your radio station or on your website? I'm like, cool. I said, what's your website? They're like, oh, we don't have one. I said, ding, ding, ding. I learned how to build a website. I can build yours. And so I called up my brothers. One of them was a, he was good at graphic design. The other one was working for IBM at the time and was great with programming stuff. I was like, yo, let's put this together. Let's make some money. And we started building websites for independent artists. <laughs> so, um, man, yeah. This is, this, is the sto- this is the story you should have told earlier too, man. Oh, you didn't like the I police chase? I didn't, nope. I didn't know. I, didn't, <laughs> no, I, I like the police chase, but I didn't know that you did websites. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, so that experience, um, was like, okay, so I can make money without having to ask anybody's permission without waiting for somebody else. And I can get free CDs on top of all that. <laughs> so that, I mean, I was working full-time still as, as a teacher at the time, but there, there was this bug, this thing that was just the seed that was planted inside of me. And so, um, after that, man, I, we, I was teaching online for a university and I moved to the state of Maryland and I got let go from that teaching job. And I started to search for other jobs, started to interview for other jobs. And I wasn't getting any callbacks, had three kids under the age of five, mm. wasn't getting no callbacks and, and I needed to provide and contribute to my household. And so I started to, I found a lady that was teaching at a university and she was uh, asking me to build or she needed an online course built from her content. So I said, okay, cool. I can do that. I built one. She paid me, she paid me like $1,500. Um, and then she said, Hey, I got three more. I said, okay, cool. And I started to do that. And after I did about, you know, seven, eight, nine of these and got some other little freelance gigs, I said, wait a minute, I can do more. And yeah, so I, yeah. I formed my company. So I formed an e-learning company um, and we were building online courses. And that was the first business that I was in full-time, 100%. Wow. And so we, we were building online courses. I hired some contractors and we were building online courses for, for companies and in some cases, websites for some companies that asked us for that. So it's been, it's been a journey, man. Man, what, what a journey, what a journey. Yeah. And uh, we, we, I know there's some more like detours and, you yeah. know, just, but it, this is, there, there is something that as I listen to you, it almost feels like it goes against conventional wisdom, right? And I'll tell you what that is. Yeah. Like conventional mm -hmm. wisdom says, pick your thing, narrow things down, be real narrow and stuff at the beginning. And I believe yeah. in niching down. I believe in targeting. I believe in focusing. And so that's not what I'm yeah. saying. But it sounds like you are being open to what am I hearing? What am I seeing as needs in the market? And yeah. what can I figure out in terms of how I yeah. can meet that need? Like you didn't. So when the person came to you, let's say you were building websites. And the lady mm -hmm. said, I need the help with the course creation, whatever. You didn't you didn't say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm over here. It seemed like you were just like keeping yourself open at that stage to let me see what are some of the things that are out here. And so I don't know what your thoughts on that. Just I feel like maybe well, maybe for some people, we need to be more open at the beginning. Well, I would like to say that it was that thoughtful, but bro, I needed money. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so um I needed money, and here was this skill that I had mm -hmm. that I could skill? use to make some money. I could, well, I was a teacher right. prior to that, remember? So right. I had the skill of being able to put together educational content. Right. Um, I had the skill of building websites. So right. I knew how to put online assets together. Um, I was able to build, I used, as a, as a teacher, I would teach my kids PowerPoint those types of things. So I knew how to put all of these different things together. And so now it was simply a matter of taking all of that stuff and then being able to situate it in an online platform. Yeah. And it so I'm putting like it together in a way that was palatable. It almost feels like you have the ability to figure something out, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know what? I said, yes. You know what? It's what you need. You need a website. Let me go figure this thing out. And it just yeah. seems like that ability to figure things out is what had what allows you to get started in those 
so let me share this with you. So when I was in high school, um, I took a, a career inventory exam. And those career inventory, for those of you that aren't familiar with them, it's to kind of give kids some example of some ideas about maybe some careers that they might have aptitude for. My career inventory said two things. It said I might, I would have aptitude for a career in communications or electrical engineering. Hmm. <laughs> right? And so you're going to like, what? Those, that doesn't connect. What does? So, But here it is. Here's, here's how it connects. My mind works in this way where... Number one, I've always been, I've always had a gift for communicating, whether that be writing poetry, whether that be writing music. I'm I'm good as a writer. My family can still thinks I'm the only writing editor in the house. They ask me about emails and all sorts of stuff, right? So communication has always been a skill. But I also think in a very um, structured way. I'm able to pull things apart and pull them together. As a kid, I will pull apart radios and try to put them back together. Mm-hmm. Right? So my mind is, I'm not good. I'm not the person that you want to work at something long term. Mm. But if you're like, listen, we need to kick something off. And we need it to be organized. And we need it to be structured. We need to recognize the resources and the skills or the talents that we need to make it happen. Cool. Let's put it. That's not possible to do, Robert. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's try it this way. Yeah. Right. That that's how my my brain works. And so I think when when people are struggling with how something works or something comes together, in my mind, it's like very easy. My wife literally several years ago would come to me and say, Hey, babe, can you research this thing online for me? I'm like, babe, you've got the same Google that I do. Just Google it. And she's like, No, you Google different than I do. I said, What? What are you talking about? <laughs> and and so one day I said, you know, just go ahead and do it. And, and I sat down and I watched her. And sure enough, she was searching for something and she good, she put in some terms to Google this thing. And I was like, why'd you do that? Do this, this, then this, and put these words in. And when I did that, the word popped up on the, the, the links that she needed or the results that she needed popped up on screen. And it just made me realize, dude, you, your mind just operates differently than some other people. I mean, I think everybody's mind operates different. I think it just, yeah, there's just some things I'm able to organize and and synthesize and assimilate some things in a certain way that just makes sense to me. You know, that's so important what you just said. Your mind operates differently. And I think for everyone listening to this, one of the things we want to just highlight on this podcast is the uniqueness of every person. And that Mm -hmm. uniqueness is not, it's not your disadvantage as much as it is your advantage right it's the Mm. thing it's it's what's already been put inside of you came here god put that inside of you the way you think robert the way that others if you're watching this and listening to this you think a certain way and sometimes we want to think the way and operate the way that others do and what we don't realize is if we just embrace man this is who i am I yep. figure things out this way. I process things this way. I look at things this way. Yeah. If we would appreciate that, we could build businesses, ministries, you know, yeah. just our careers off of our advantages and stop looking at it as a disadvantage. Yeah. I want to back up to something that you asked earlier when you asked about is the, the wisdom in uh, 
choosing a lane or niching down mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at the beginning and me just being open. It wasn't so much that I was open. It was, I didn't know what I wanted to do, right? I wasn't clear. And so one of the things that a lot of business owners may want to admit is that at the beginning, it's very hard to know what to niche down yeah. to do. Yeah, it's yeah. very hard to know exactly what you want to do, how you want to serve the world, how you can utilize the gifts that you may not even be 100% certain about yet in order to create something that can generate revenue or you know transform lives or create products or whatever. It, it, and that's okay. That's okay. Uh, so mm -hmm. you've, you're going to meet gurus who tell you to do this type of this, this, all of this stuff, but it's not so much that you're doing it wrong. Sometimes you've got to go through a process in order for you to make sense of the things or the little things or the little pieces that, that were in your life. It's kind of like your, your, your life is, uh, these, sometimes people get scared of being broken, but those little fragments Right. When, when when you're broken, those little fragments are what allow you to make sense of the puzzle and you kind of are able to put them back together and you kind of are able to see things. But sometimes when it's when it's whole, we don't really understand it and we, or we just take it for granted yeah. because um, there's no reason for us to understand anything else outside of that. Right. Yeah. It's like it's like looking at the picture on the top of the puzzle box when yeah. you see the picture. All it's, there's no reason for you to understand anything else about it, but you open up the box and everything else is in pieces. Now it makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah these are broken pieces, but there's this picture. Let me see if I can put this together, right? And now you understand how you can put it together because you've got some sense or you've got the context of the picture. But before you open the box, you didn't know you needed to do anything with the picture. That's right. That's right. I love that. I love that. Such a great perspective. Uh, our guest, Robert Kennedy. So Robert, Robert Kennedy the third. So Robert, now you started this e-learning business. Yeah. Wh wh when do we get to speaking? Like when when do we get to that? Like, <laughs> and and maybe you, so, you maybe you want to take us through the jumps, but I remember speaking and communicating that being the thing that you were leveraging. Yeah. So I I was doing this e-learning company and Essentially, after a little while, people started to ask me to teach them stuff. So I got a call from a company and they were like, hey, we see that you're using this specific software to build e-learning. Can you come teach for us and teach other companies how to build their, their, their courses using this software? As a matter of fact, the very first book that I wrote was as a result of that. I got a call from a publishing company in London. And they said, hey, your name was referred to us as someone who teaches this software. Can you help? Uh, can you write a book on this software and how to build courses using this software? So I was doing that. And as I began to teach people how to do this, the people who I was teaching began to ask me questions like, are you a speaker? Because every time I taught, I didn't just teach the software. I always had something inspirational or something fun or something that was that made people think a little bit just outside of the technical nature of the software. And so they started to ask, hey, are you a speaker? And I'm like, mm, no, I don't know what you're talking about. So after a while, I began to recognize that I wasn't just teaching people how to build courses. When they brought information to me, I would look at it and say, wait a minute, if you give it to people in that format, it's going to overwhelm them. They're not going to make sense of it. They're not going to understand it, and they're just going to page turn. 
And so I started to say, okay, let's break it apart and let's pull it this way. Let's create some stories and let's create some scenarios and let's see if you can build this and then that'll increase your engagement rates with your organization or the employees that are taking these courses. And I realized I was essentially teaching people how to communicate their ideas more effectively in an online space. And so I, I began to do that more. People started to ask me to teach and eventually I started to get asked to do leadership training and I started to do more of that. And then I really leaned back into the communication space because I discovered that was the thing that I really enjoyed. And the more that I did that, uh, people kept asking the question, hey, are you a professional speaker? Are you a motivational speaker? I'm like, what are you talking about? So I kept getting asked the question until I decided I was going to find out what this speaking thing is, this paid professional speaking thing is. And uh, I found an organization called the National Speakers Association and started to stalk them for about a year and a half online. And then ultimately in 2017 became a member. And they really have played a central part in teaching me how to grow a speaking business that is sustainable. Wow. So it's interesting, Rob. I mean, look, this, this is a fascinating conversation for me because you, yeah. you would think that more, more of these things are more planned. They're more scripted. It's you listening to what are people asking me? You're listening mm -hmm. to the questions that people are saying to you and moving based on, hey, are you a speaker? So just getting that feedback. And then yeah. I mean, this, it, it's coming out again, right? The way you think in terms of how you break things down is the same approach you were taking to a feel and people now seeing that approach saying, man, you should be speaking in other spaces. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I think it was also, I was in this space of personal growth and development. So I was reading, I was like devouring books. And as I'm doing that, I'm seeing these different things. I'm hearing these different things. And I'm also looking at what some of my natural gifts are, the things that draw my interest. And so I noticed that leadership books kind of drew me. I was big into reading John Maxwell books and those types of things. And so as I, as I found interest in those things, I started to lean towards those and speak about those or look for opportunities to teach or speak about those things as well. And so uh, one of the ways, if anybody asks me how you can figure out what you're interested in, yeah. you're not going to be able to do it just sitting at home. Yeah, you've, you've got to consume information. You've got to grow yourself. You've got to read. You've got to figure out what draws your attention. And when you start to find that out, if you start to notice some common threads, then begin to lean into that and find out what is it about that thing that interests you? What is it about that thing that, that attracts you or draws your, your, or incorporates your gift in some way? And then begin to find out about that as much as you can. Yeah, I love it. So it sounds like exposure helps us to tap into what we're interested in, right? We need some exposure mm -hmm. and some experiment. Now, Robert, there's a saying you used to, I used to hear you say, your story deserves a stage. Deserves a stage. It's like your, give us the whole thing because I don't want to mess it up. You, you, you tell it to us. Oh, you well, I used better. to have this podcast and I would say everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story and your story deserves a stage. And that was because uh, people, the more that I created online groups and the more that I connected with people in community, I, I started to recognize that 
people were not doing certain things because of fear. And people would look at me and they would say, oh my gosh, you seem so confident on stage or you seem so comfortable talking to people. And I would like, nah, dude, I'm scared out of my wits. What are you talking about? And so I recognize that people are looking at me and thinking, oh my gosh, she's got it all together. And I started to say, well, what if they knew that I didn't have it all together? What if they started to hear some of the mistakes or some of the, the mess ups mm -hmm, or some of mm -hmm. the flops mm -hmm. that I've had? And so as I started to share some of those things, people started to say, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you shared that. I was feeling this way, or I was, yeah. I was fearing this, or I thought that I would never be able to because I was too old or whatever it was. Yeah. And so I said to people, listen, each of us has, while we're here on earth, we, each, we each have a unique journey and nobody else is going to be on the exact journey that you're on. However, your journey may be a blueprint to help somebody else navigate theirs. So as you go through your stuff, Typically what happens in life, we all look for mentors or we all look for people, we read books, whatever it is, because we're looking for some information, some way to navigate things. And when you begin to share share your story with people, even if it's negative, you, you might've gone through something that's bad and you're like, oh, this is embarrassing. I don't want to go through, I don't want to share that. But you begin to share that and there's somebody else who was cowering in a corner that sees you are brave and courageous enough and vulnerable enough to share that, they're kind of like, oh my gosh. Well, yeah. if Kimon can share that. Yeah. Um, or if if that's what Kimon went through, or if or that's how Kimon navigated that, then okay, maybe I can try that too. And maybe I might be able to navigate it as well. Yeah, yeah. Your stuff is your story. Your story deserves a stage. Yeah. Now, um, I want to talk about what you're doing now, but I, there's there's something that hit me as you were talking about this, yeah. and it's, are you still, okay, so let me ask you this. Are you still building websites? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want to do that no more. Uh, All right. No, I mean, you, the language, I mean, I, if, if, I, if push came to shove, yeah. I still could. I mean, I still, if I need to do something, I'll still jump in and dabble in a WordPress website if yeah. I need to. Right. But no, I don't. I don't want it. You're not doing that as a business. How about no? Are you still doing e setting up e-learning platforms and courses and stuff? Not exactly. So I do have online courses that I offer, and so I do share. I do um, upload things I know about learning management systems, and a lot of times people people ask me, "Hey." You know, how do I release an online course? And so my master's is instruction and my master's is in instructional technology and, and instructional design. And so I've I've got that in addition to my teaching and, and the online course uh, company that that allows me to share with people. Hey, here are some things that you can do to make a course that is sensible, that that is accessible for people. And so, yeah, the 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 e-learning stuff still comes in useful, but no, I'm not, I'm not doing that as a product or service. Right. And, and then, you know, like you, you teaching people to blog, you know, it's interesting. I guess what I wanted to say is there's some things that you realize, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore and mm -hmm. I'm shifting and I'm shifting, but it, but it's interesting in your answer. It sounds like you still take a piece of that and some learning oh, yeah. from that and some principles from that. But it's it's one knowing 
how do I know when to shift from one thing to the next? And what would you say to someone like how you've made these shifts? You know, I, I don't have a neat answer for that. I don't mm. know mm. how people know how to shift from one thing to the next. I'll tell you how I know. I, and this comes from the space of spirituality. Um, God speaks to me in a certain way. When I reach a space where I'm capping out, and no matter what efforts I do, it doesn't, it it won't prov- it won't bear fruit in that space. I begin to say, "Okay, God, what is it that you want me to do next? What or how do you want me to take the learning of this season and mm. apply it into the next space?" Yeah, yeah. And so okay. um, I try to listen to the promptings. I I, I really try to lean into what God is saying to me. And and I don't know where God speaks to people. He speaks to me in the shower, right? So I'm in the shower and the water is uh, dripping down my bald head and I'm just, and, and the thoughts are clear. Yeah. I'm just, that's every, I would say almost every business idea that I have comes while I'm in the shower or if there's a particular business problem that I'm struggling with, and I don't have any, it comes in the shower, you know, either then or sometimes when I'm up early in the morning at 4 a.m. or whatever, I'm out here things. But the shower seems to be this space where, where God, I don't always uh, talk to God in the shower, but he it's where me. I hear him the clearest. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Robert, um, I've been on your email list for years, mm-hmm. right? I've been on your email list for years. Maybe it's when I did the course. I don't know. You're one of the first people I, I knew that I knew that was like sending out emails. Like, what is this? Like, you could do this to people, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. this is not just big companies. And just recently, I was like, he is saying uh, real estate agents. I was like, this is different. Um, And, you know, by the way, you know, I'm still on the list. So just know that mm-hmm. I'm not getting off, right? <laughs> I'm you not, can't get rid of me. No, don't, yeah. kick me off. don't kick me off. But, but tell yeah. me this. When when did you make that shift? Like what 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 made you lean into yeah. this? And it almost feels like there's a a, a narrowing, a, a niching down a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, my life is just when I talk about it, I realize all of the different juicy details that yeah. I sometimes leave out when I'm talking to people. Um, so after I started the online music promotions website company after i did the web development company i became a real estate agent and the reason for that was uh, my wife we had had we had a we had our daughter and my wife was home and i was a teacher at the time and after about a year and a half one day i came home and my wife was kind of curled up in the bed and her and the baby were there, like in the same place that I'd left them in the morning. <laughs> and I came, I was like, what's up, babe? And she said, babe, I want to go back to work. I just feel like so unproductive. I said, okay, cool. But we've got this baby. Um, we're not in a space where we can afford childcare. What do we need to do? She's like, uh, I don't know. So, you know, we prayed about it. She went back to work. And I decided that I was going to go back to school. But while I was in school, I was I decided I was going to study for my real estate exam and became a real estate agent because I'd had an interest in real estate at some point. Um, and so I said, yeah, let me let me figure this out. 
And so I became a real estate agent. I was a real estate agent in the state of Massachusetts for five years from 2004 to 2008. We moved to Maryland in 2008 and I did not take my real estate license with me because it wasn't reciprocal and the requirements for Maryland were a lot more stringent. Well, for example, 24-hour pre-licensing in Massachusetts, 60 hours in Maryland. I also didn't know a lot of people, so I didn't have the um, network to say, yeah, I'm going to start a real estate business as we just moved. So mm -hmm. I didn't do that. But about a year and a half ago, I started to feel that prompting again. You should get your real estate license. You should you should check out real estate license. And so I just started to think about it. And then I said, okay, cool. Bit the bullet, said I'm gonna do my pre-licensing. I did that. But then it started to I started to think and say, wait a minute. Well, if you get this real estate license, I mean, what are you gonna do with it exactly? Do you want to become an agent? Do you want us to be your side hustle or you know, why are you doing this? So my initial thought was I wanted to do it for investment purposes, but I, I started to think, wait a minute, you, you speak in the communication space, you do business storytelling, you do mm -hmm. um, presentation skills and speaking. That's something that real estate agents use also. So instead of working and then coming home and saying, let me put on my real estate hat, why not do what you do now in the real estate industry? Because before I had been doing it across all of corporate. And now I said, I've taken the same topic. Let me just do it for one industry. And on top of that, I'll have this license, which provides me an additional layer of credibility in the industry. I was an agent before, so let's just merge them and do them in this one space. And the beauty that started to happen after that was as I speak to my team about how we market or how we, um, who we reach out to, to get speaking gigs, et cetera, it's much easier because wow. they only have to look in one space. Wow. Isn't that counterintuitive, right? It's like, we think the more I have, the easier. But it's like just knowing this one space, it makes it easier. You know what to say yes to, you know what to say no to. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, and I and I don't, I don't always say no. I mean, there's people that still outside of the real estate space hire me, and I'll say yes. But I'm not marketing to them. Yeah, yeah. I'm marked, that, that's based on, previous relationships or that's based on them seeing me speak in the real estate space. I'm like, I don't care if he's not my industry. I want to hear him speak. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's that some of that is me working my best at being the best or being great in, in what I do, no matter where I am. And some of that is um, me now saying, yeah, um, I'm just going to aim at this one circle yeah, instead yeah. of the entire doggone target. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. All right, Robert. I want to get you out on this. Give us, <laughs> you got to give us a tip. You got to give us somebody's in business now, uh, yeah. trying to grow. Maybe somebody who's looking to get started. You can pick whoever the audience is. Give us a mm -hmm. tip uh, from your decades now of business experience and varied experience. What's the tip you leave with us? Man, that is, that is a big, big, big question. It is. Um, I think the biggest thing that I would think about is knowing in business what are your $10 per hour activities and what are your $10,000 per hour activities. There are some things that you find yourself doing, especially early on in business, that uh, because you can do it, you find yourself doing it and you, you feel like you've got to do all of these things 
on your own, but how much is that activity worth? Is it worth um, my time to build my own website? Is it worth my time to answer all of my emails? Is it worth my time to schedule all of my calls on my calendar? Is it worth my time to organize all of my files in my Dropbox? Or am I best served being the creative mind, being the strategic mind, doing the things that only I can do and selling that? That's good, Robert. That's good. That's good. Wow. All right, Robert, somebody needs wants to connect with you, wants to follow you, um, learn from you, bring you in to speak, yeah. right? Tell us how we can connect with RK3. Easiest way, get in touch with rk3.com. Everything's there. You've got my all the socials, the number, everything that you need. Just go to get in touch with rk3.com. Oh, is it, yep. so I have the wrong thing? Yep. So that's only this. That's the last part. It's get in touch with rk3.com. Okay. Get in touch with. Okay. And the same number three, right? Yep. Okay. Did we ever have that as the website? Do we shift things? Or am I missing that? Messing well, that? no, that's so that's that's kind of like my 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 everything page. So my speaking website is robertkennedy3.com. My business page, my company page is kineticcommunications.com. But, you know, as you think about everything that I do, all of the different social media channels, et cetera, that's the everything page. Everything is there. Everything is at get in touch with. Um, is this right? Yep. Get in touch with rk3.com. All right. All right. Look, you made that easy. You didn't, I didn't have to get all the socials and all that kind of stuff. Nope. Go one place. Nope. Get in touch. Yep. You tell this guy's into communication, right? He knows how to make <laughs> Robert, I've appreciated yeah, yeah. this. I want to thank you again for blazing the trail for myself and others. Just kind of showing us that as just taking the things that we have, who we are, our expertise, we can take what we have out into the marketplace. And I hope that you've been inspired as you've heard this conversation, as you've watched this interview, I just want to encourage you, don't just be inspired. Take action on what you've learned here today. Take your ministry, take your ideas, and move them out into the world and increase your income and your impact. Thank you for listening to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast with Kamon Hines. For more information, visit our website at www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. That's www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com Find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Please, share this episode with someone who needs it. Let's increase our income and impact.